message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Okay. God bless you. Let's pray. Can we stand up here? Let's just pray. Sweet Holy Spirit, we want to say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share with your people. And I ask, oh God, that you will speak to us yourself in the way we will understand. Father, I submit myself to you that you will use me to speak your word. You will use me to speak your word in season to those who are going through one situation or circumstance. And you speak to those who are waiting to make a decision on a particular idea. Help us to hear joy and gladness. So that every day, our lives will become the life that gives glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be seated, please. Now, we've been talking for the past... Six weeks now. Almost six weeks. About fruitfulness and abundance. Because it's the theme of our year. But today I'm taking it on a different tangent. And I'm talking about the, the process of fruitfulness. The process of fruitfulness. And my text this morning is from Genesis chapter 26 verse 12 actually just for the sake of people who are hearing this um, message for the first time, I would like to read from verse 1 to verse 6, 7, and then verse 12. Genesis chapter 26 from verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines in Gerah. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swear to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instruction. Verse 6. So Isaac stayed in Gerah. Verse 12. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year ripped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. 
Amen. There was famine in the land, and God told Isaac, you're thinking about going to Egypt. It's okay, I understand. You're scared. You're thinking it's not going to work well. But I want you to stay in the land, and I will bless you. And in verse 6, the Bible said, Isaac stayed in the land of Gerah. So he stayed in the land of famine. There was famine in the land. And when there's famine in a particular place and you have options, what do you do? You move. But Isaac decided to obey God's voice to stay in the land. And God did not say, I will bless the land. He said, no, I will bless you. I will bless you. And Isaac stayed in the land. And in verse 12, he said, Isaac on that same year planted crops in that land. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The same year, he planted crops. But did God tell him to plant crops? Did you read that? That God told him plant crops? No. God didn't tell him to plant crops. But he received God's word. And he swung into action. He did what he knew to do. And God has given to us this year. The word is a year of fruitfulness and abundance. And we could just sit down and fold our hands and think... Well, God said so, so it's going to happen. I'm going to be so fruitful to the point of overflowing. Uh, not really. Unless you swing into action. Because you've got to do something. You're not just going to sit down and do nothing because you've already received God's word. God's word empowers you. God's word give, puts the potential in anything you put your hands to do. And that is why the scripture says, whatever you find your hands doing, it says, continue to do it and I will bless it. I will bless it. So, for God's word to become active in your life, for you to become fruitful, there's a process. And that process is what I would like us to talk about today. Because when Isaac decided to plant crops, he must have thought about it. What do I do? What should I plant? What kind of crops are needed? Which one can sustain me? What can I do about it? The first thought that got to me was, When Isaac decided, because that, that whole you know, part was not written in the scripture, that Isaac decided on what particular plant to plant. But, but I think for him to decide on the crop, he would have thought about it. What kind of crop? And it must have been precious seed. What kind of seed? What kind of seed? So the first process or the first step is to identify the kind of seed you need to sow. What kind of seed do you need to sow? And that kind of seed could also be considered what kind of character in your life do you need to develop? What kind of 
thing in your life? What kind of business do you want to put your hand into? Identifying the area of your life you want increase in. Because you need to identify that. We can't just go through life thinking whatever will be, will be. No, whatever will be, will not be. We have to be intentional about it. We have to come to the point where we make the decision. God, this is what I want to do. And focus your power, your strength, your attention on that. That becomes your seed that God blesses. That becomes the seed that God, you know, puts the potential in to increase. So that first point is identify the seed. Identify the character you want to develop. Identify the area of your life you want increase. And check the area of your life in which you want to be productive. And why do you have to identify that? Because it needs to be a precious seed. It needs to be a precious seed. It's not just a seed that you don't give thoughts to. The kind of things that we don't give thoughts to, that we don't even plant, but it grows anyway, they're called weed. Right? They grow anyway. Oh, I hate to cut the lawn. I hate mowing the lawn. But regardless of how much I pray about the lawn, it still grows. <laughs> and my wife tells me, the lawn. I say, yeah, I know. We'll cut it at some point. And whenever I'm cutting the, the, or rather mowing the lawn, do you think I'm careful not to destroy the weed? No, I just cut. As long as it goes down, I just cut. And then later on trim around the edges. But I just cut. I'm not careful. But with your seed, because it's precious, you're careful how you even put it in the soil. You're careful. So if your seed is your character that you want to develop, you're careful how you put it out there. You're careful how you interpret it to other people. You're careful how you show yourself up to others because you want God to bless that character, to place his anointing on it so that it can grow and so that you can become an inspiration to others because the blessing is not only for you. The blessing is not just for you alone. Because that's why our year is not just only the year of fruitfulness but also of abundance. And we call it abundance extra. And abundance is overflowing because it's much more than you need, isn't it? Because you can be fruitful, that's all you need. But when it becomes abundant, it's much more than is required. So the abundance is not yours, it's for others. True. It's for others. So when you're developing a character to the point where God blesses it, what do you think? God wants you to develop that character so that you can become an inspiration to others. It's not just you alone. Amen? We're right. The second step, I believe, that Isaac took was to look for a soil that is tillable. There are different types of soil. And uh, in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, you know, Jesus spoke a parable, and that parable identified four different types of uh, conditions where soil, um, seeds can be planted. Luke, 4, uh, 
Luke 8, chapter 4, or verse 4, sorry. Or rather, I'll take from verse 5. The farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Say with me, along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. So think about it. If Isaac had sowed his precious seed along the path, do you think he would have been able to reap a hundredfold that same year? No. Because Jesus said in this parable, whilst this parable was not in accordance with you know, planting and blessing, Jesus was actually talking about this parable in terms of the kingdom of heaven. But through this parable, we're able to identify the various conditions where you could plant. So, one was along the path. So, in other words, the sower did not consider that it was a pathway where people walk on. So, he threw the seed there. And the Bible says it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Verse 6, some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Rocky ground. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And the fourth condition was a good soil. He said it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Amazing. So think about it. I'm pretty sure that the, the soil that Isaac sowed on was a good soil. Because if you remember the part that we read in Genesis 26, verse 12, it said, in the same year, he reaped how much? A hundredfold. And thinking about this particular verse in verse 8, it said, it came up, or rather it said, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So in other words, Isaac must have carefully looked for the soil to plant on. He must have been careful to look for the soil to plant in. So what's the condition? In what condition do you intend to build your character? To build your life? What condition? Do you give thoughts to the conditions in which you invest? Even socially, do you give thoughts to the kind of relationships that you keep? Do you give thoughts to the kind of courses that you take at school? You know, some people go through school, and after six years in a university, they still come out confused, not sure what to do. I'm not quite sure how many of you have been there. But do you give thought to it? You know, some, some come out, after the six years, they realize they can't find a job. They go, there's no job. I know of someone who had masters in social work. And, and after four years, or six years actually, of practicing as a social worker, she stopped and said, no, this is not for me. I don't like it. Now I want to go into nursing. You know, they're people because they've not given thoughts to them. They find that the, the time they've spent was almost a waste of time. 
So do you give thoughts to where you plant your seed? Do you give thoughts to the kind of friends that we hang around with? Do you give thoughts to the kind of areas that you live even? Do you understand? Do you give thoughts to them? The third one. Aside from finding a good soil, a good soil just, just does not automatically ensure that the fruit or the seed is healthy. It does not. You have to prepare the soil, right? You have to prepare the soil. I'm not sure how many of you are into gardening. I'm not. <laughs> but for those people who are into gardening, you know that just having the good soil does not make the plant grow and become healthy. You have to prepare it. You have to look after it have to look after it. So, how much research or investigation or study about where you are planting do you do before you plant? How much do you know about where you are about to plant? How much do you know about the job that you've applied for? How much do you know about the relationship that you think, oh, this person is nice, it, it looks good, but how much do you know about them? How much do you know? Because you need to investigate. But don't be like me who takes years to think about one particular thing. You know, there are some people just like me who just goes, ah, I've not made up my mind yet. And you just sit back and think and think and think and then at times the opportunity just passes you by. Well, it's not about the extremes. But it's about actually giving thoughts to it. How much do you know about it? You don't want to... Some people might have, you know, I'm not sure, tens of thousands of dollars, and they want to make an investment in something. But they don't really think about what they want to make an investment into. Provided it's an opportunity, they just put their money in there. I tell you what comes back after two years. Fees and charges. And you're going, what happened to my money? Oh, you didn't read the terms and conditions. Fees and charges. So instead, whilst you're waiting for um, a good return, you're only getting 10% out of your return because terms and conditions states there are fees and charges that you think were not disclosed to you, but you did, you did not take your time. To look through it. Hey, I've been there. I've been there. Where I thought, I really... Can I say this? Okay. Where I thought, I really like that car. I like that car. And my wife told me, don't get it. I'm like, I really like it. Our other car is broken and we need two cars. I can't you know, walk to work. And I can't leave you to walk to work yourself either. So we need a second car. He said, I know. We've always had two cars. He said, but don't buy this yet. I said, oh. and to be honest, I'm not sure how, how many of the guys think like me. You know, when it's a car, electronics, your mind is fixed on it. You want to get it at all costs. You want to get it. You would really like it. Every day and night, you're researching on the same thing. You're checking it out. 
but you're only checking out one part of it. You're not checking the cost. You're not checking uh, a few other interesting part. I've got a brother who, who can give you a big lesson on this. But I, I went to buy the car. And some people will go, well, that's why it pays to listen to your wife. Yes, it does. It does. But I bought the car not thinking about the underlying um, charges and fees. I didn't think about it. I love the car. It had leather seats. You know, it had, you know, all the beautiful things. It was latest in technology inside. I love technology. So I sat in it. I thought, you know what? Because I love this car, my wife is going to love it. I drove it home. Of course she liked it. But she had a bat. I told you not to buy the car. Yeah, but we needed a car. And uh, a week later, I thought, let me read the paperwork. Well, that's what I'm, I was supposed to do the first time, isn't it? But a week later, I thought, let me read the paperwork. And I opened the paperwork. Lo and behold, the finance on the car was 20%. And I thought, what? So I called the guys at the car yard. I said, hey guys, what happened? You didn't tell me. You know what he told me? Well, you signed for it. I said, is there anything we can do? He said, no. You signed for it. So I bought the car for $22,000. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm paying $44,000 on the car for seven years. And I thought, ah, good job. I'm not sure how many of us have been there. But I think we need to do our research. I think we need to do our research. And it's not only about buying properties or, or even pay, you know, buying a car or buying a house. It could also be about your relationship. It might look like a good soil, but you need to prepare it. You need to prepare it. You need to think about what to add to the soil to ensure that the soil is healthy enough for the seed. We need to prepare it. Amen. All right. You know, one way of preparing it is actually listening to the voice of the master. Listening out for the voice of Jesus in it. He said, he said but, but, but didn't you pray about the car? Can I say to you? I didn't think about praying about the car. <laughs> I just thought I could get the car. I like the car. You know, I thank God for the car. That's what I did. I just thank God for the car. I saw it and I thought it was a good deal. And to be honest, it was a good deal because it was supposed to be going for 28000 and I got it for twenty two. So it was a good deal. So I thank God for the car. Thank you, Jesus. But I wasn't listening to what he was saying about it. I wasn't listening. And I got myself in. 
How amazing. If it was a good idea, if it was a good outcome, do you think I'll be talking about it right now? No. It was a bad outcome. And I'm saying it to you so that you don't go through it the same way. Not just about cars. Probably in other areas that I can't mention right now in your life. We just need to do some research and listen to the voice of the master. What did Jesus say? He said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It, 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 see, at times, you might think, I, I saw Jesus doing it. No, no, just listen out for his voice. Peter said, if it's you, I can see the stature of a man. It looks like Jesus, but I'm not quite sure if it's Jesus. And he said, if it's you, ask me to come. And Jesus said, come. He was not waiting for the word. He was waiting to hear the voice. He was waiting to hear the voice and Jesus said, come. And he stepped on the words of Jesus. Amen. John 10 verse 3 said, the sheep recognizes his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. He walks ahead of them. So you hear God's voice, he leads you, Psalm 23, in the path of righteousness, for his name's sake. He's protective of you and he wants to protect you. Amen. My fourth point is to make the decision to take up residence. Because Isaac had to take up residence in Jerah after he planted. You know what? You can't just plant and go, oh, well, I can't wait for it. And stand up and walk away. You've got to wait. You've got to wait for it. To germinate. And at times, it does not germinate overnight. It does not germinate overnight. It requires time. It requires your time of waiting. I'll tell you something I found. The Chinese bamboo tree. Do you know it takes it five years to sprout? It takes it five years to sprout. And in five weeks... After it sprouted, in five weeks, it grows up to 90 feet. In five weeks. But the time for it to sprout will frustrate you. You'll be wondering, is this going to work at all? How long am I supposed to wait? How long am I supposed to wait? So that's waiting time. You have to take up residence. You have to settle. <laughs> Don't be in a hurry now. Settle. Say to someone, settle. Because this time you need to stay committed to it. It's not a time to flip-flop. And feel like, oh, well, I'm not quite sure about that. What if I'll go somewhere else? But you've planted your precious seed. So if you've planted your precious seed, you need to settle. Wait for it to work. 
I'm not sure how many of us here are international students or were international students. I used to be an international student very long time ago. Okay. But God first called me to Australia because of what he told me back when I was 11 years old about ministry. Thank God it happened. <laughs> but that was when I was 11. So fast forward after about 20 something years, God came back and said, hey, are you going to do what I asked you to do? And I thought, okay, but I am already doing something that honors you. Because back then I was a pastor, a resident pastor at the church, and I was an architect. I was an architect. I'm no longer one. Well, I was an architect and did all of those things back then. And God said, hey, are you going to do what I've, got, I've asked you to do? I said, okay, yes, I will. It was a difficult yes, but I had to say yes. And started the process. And I put you know, something out for God and said, okay, God, uh, I'm not quite sure. But I'm not going to really pay attention to this. But if you were still saying I should, and that was... The unbelief in me. <laughs> if you are still saying I should, I'm just going to put in the paperwork to the Department of Immigration. If they say yes, that's it. That's you. If they say no, then I'm comfortable where I am. <laughs> and you know what? They said yes. And I thought, okay. Because I had contracts to finish. I had a plan. So it meant me pushing those plans aside and listen out to God's voice and walk with him. But whoever said that it was going to be rosy all the way? Actually, it felt like the bamboo tree. Plus two more years. But whilst I waited, or whilst I was waiting, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to put my life on hold because... Things are not working out the way I thought they should work out. I'm going to take some action. God, what would you like me to do? Within that time I got married, yes. And we started having babies. It was expensive to have babies in Australia. It was terribly expensive. How many of you are still are there? It's still expensive, okay. Yeah. My first child, you know, just to give birth at the hospital, it was $3,000. And then, uh, plus per night, it was about 2500 per night just to stay in the hospital. And, you know, he had a condition when he was born, so he stayed there for five days. Calculate that. <laughs> and I said, God, come on, what are we doing here? You called me. You keep me. You know what? He kept me. Can I say to you, don't be in a hurry. When God calls you, stay committed. Stay committed. It wouldn't always go the way you think it will go. But stay committed. Stay committed. He leads you in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Say to someone, stay committed. Don't flip-flop. James chapter 1 verse 6 says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed 
by the wind. Verse 7 says, such people, and I don't think you are such people, but it says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. God calls you. You've planted. It's time to wait. Stay committed. Hey, it possibly might take a long time. I'm not quite sure. For Isaac, it was one year. Well, he germinated and he yielded a hundredfold. That was Isaac's condition. I'm not quite sure what your condition will be. But God is looking out at the state of your heart. Huh? You remember that the journey from Egypt to the promised land was supposed to be 40, year, uh, 40 days. It turned out to be 40 years. How many of you can wait for that? Halfway through, they went, you know what, Moses? We're done. We're going back. And they started accusing him. Moses, you think there were no graves in Egypt? Is that why you brought us to the wilderness to die? And all they needed was just to listen out to God's voice and stay committed. The fifth step is plan to the level of your expectation. Plan to the level of your expectation. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, Remember these, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So when you're sowing your seed, when you're displaying your character and your commitment and your engagement, give your whole heart to it. Because half-hearted loyalty will get you nowhere. You know, last week Sunday we were talking about it. Are you a full-time Christian or a part-timer? Are you a part-time Christian or a full-time Christian? Full-time full-time, casual. But God expects you to be a full-time Christian because he's committed to you full-time. He loves you. Before you were born, he loved you. Now that you are born and you are alive, he loves you. And he will continue to love you after you're gone. Say, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. Everlasting love. You know, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Whatever a man sows, or a woman sows, that's exactly the same thing they will reap. So while you're waiting for the seed to germinate, what do you do? Because the waiting process could be long. What do you do? What do you do? You know, I love Ecclesiastics. You know, Solomon was saying, he said, in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do some more. 
So withhold not your hand because you don't know which will work, whether this or that or both together. And do you know what I think? I think that Isaac did exactly the same. If you read that scripture again, Genesis 26 verse 12, he said, Isaac sowed in the land and in the same year he gained a hundredfold and the man became wealthy and very wealthy. I don't think that was just one of sowing. I'm thinking that was a consistent sowing. Was consistently giving himself to it. Okay, I'm waiting for this to grow, but I'm not quite sure. All right, I'm going to sow another one anyway, and I'm sowing another one, and I'm sowing another one. And do you think harvest will start? Right? When harvest starts, it will be in stages. This starts to bud. And then while he's thinking this is finishing, the other one starts. And while that is finishing, this one is starting. And what do you think he will do? Start the same cycle again. Staying consistent and doing exactly the same thing again. Staying committed to God. Giving yourself to him. I believe that's how fruitfulness starts. That's how fruitfulness starts. Staying committed to God. Are you committed to God? You know, at times, staying committed to God is not only just a spiritual thing that you do at church. Or just only the way that you carry yourself and do things in your life. It could also be the way you carry out your activity at your job, at your workplace, at your school. It could also be. Why? Because we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. That's what Jesus called us. He said, a, a city that is set on a hill that can't be hidden. You can't hide now. Now that you've been called of God, he expects you to shine. Isaiah chapter 60, he said, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of God is risen on you. In other words, you can hide now. You can hide now. Say to someone, you can hide now. Oh, your time of hiding is over. You can hide now. So give yourself to him. Stay committed to the process. There is a process. Put yourself in it. Look for the seed. Look for the right seed. It might be in your giving. It might be in your commitment. In other things. It might be in your volunteering. Both at church and in the community. But just keep at it. Keep doing it. It might be in your speaking to people about Jesus. Keep doing it. You're thinking nothing is working. Oh, you think nothing is working. But things are working. Can I say to you one other thing, because I'm, I'm continuing this message next time. But one other thing is that when you plant a seed, before it grows, it dies first. It dies first. And some people give up between the dying stage and the sprouting stage. Say to someone, don't give up now. Because when you plant, wait on it. Wait on it. What did Jesus say? He said, unless a seal falls down and dies, it abides alone. It stays by itself. It's only by itself. It remains only that seed. He said, but when it falls down and dies, it 
grows and multiplies more. And Paul picks up on that and said, until a seed falls down and die, it does not multiply. In that dying process, stay calm. Stay calm. Don't change your mind. Stay in the lane. Stay in the lane. Stay in the lane. Don't change your mind. Don't go, oh, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And you freak out. No, 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 no. Don't join the freak out club. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Say, God, I thank you and I trust you. I trust you. That you who have started a good work in my life, you are faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I thank you. It looks like nothing is working right now. And do you know when you plant a seed, the first things that grow is not the seed itself. It's the weed. And the weed are there to discourage you. And what do you do? You go around it. Don't just go kicking. Don't drive the mowing machine over it. Just go gradually and uproot the weed around it. At times, you even just ignore it. Because the weed just tells you a different story. But don't forget... Your focus is not on the weed. <laughs> your focus is on your seed. And what does God do? My last scripture. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55 verse 10. Hallelujah. Are you there? Isaiah 55, verse 10, it says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Jesus, God is saying, that is my word. When I send it forth, it does not come back empty. It does not come back without achieving the purpose for which I sent it. Oh, I like this, this scripture, Ephesians 5 verse 1. It said, be ye therefore imitators of God as beloved children. So he's asking you to imitate God because you are his children. So if God says, when I speak my words, it, don't, it doesn't come back to me empty until it accomplishes what I sent it for to do, I wish you could say the same thing. I'm not changing my mind until I see results. I'm not changing my mind because I, I know something is about to happen. It might take a year, it might take two years, it might take five years, but I just know there is an answer behind this veil. There is an answer. Do you know how long it took God to try to get your attention until he finally got your attention. If he could wait that long. Oh, come on. You can wait. You can wait. His promises are yes and amen. He does not give up on you. So you don't give up on hoping. Don't give up on your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11. It said faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things unseen. You have not seen it. You have not grasped it. But your faith says, hey, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I would say to someone, it's happening. It's happening. Don't give up now. It's happening. In Jesus' name. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah.
We thank you, Lord. It's our year of fruitfulness and abundance. And we are waiting because your word says so. And we believe your word that settles it. Lord, we will wait. We will wait because we are giving ourselves into it. We are committing to your word. We know your word does not fail. It does not return to you void. It goes to accomplish what you said, sent it for to do. So we trust you, God, in the name of Jesus. And can I quickly say, if you're not a child of God, or rather you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the kind of things that we are talking about right now, it's, it's possible it won't happen in your life. Because you have to be connected to the source for these kind of things to happen. So this is your opportunity if you would like to accept Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You know, Jesus died for you. He loved you. So the Father loved you and he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. So for you to be able to take advantage of the grace, of the beauty, of the salvation that we enjoy today, it's not difficult. It's just to say, it's just to give your life to God today, make that commitment to him and say, hey, God, I'm here for you now. Oh, don't wait to become holy before you accept him because some people think, well, you have to be doing something right before you become a Christian. No. Actually, it's the other way around. God accepts you the way you are. I say, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God accepts you the way you are. And can I ask for you, if you want to receive Jesus today, this is your opportunity. All eyes closed, every head bowed. And if you want to receive Jesus, if you would like to receive him today, it's your opportunity. You can just lift your hand just briefly and you can pray back down. That's fine. But we'll all pray together so that we don't leave you by yourself. Thank you. Can we pray together? Can we pray together? Can we pray this prayer after me? Father, I come to you today. I accept that I'm a sinner. But because your words say that whoever comes to you, you will not cast them out. I come to you today. I accept that you are Lord. That Jesus died for me. So that I can become your son. Or your daughter. So today Lord. I give my life to you. Take all of me. In Jesus name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com.